Chaos and Christ Podcast. Chaos and Christ Podcast. We honor Christ. Lift heavy weights, act like men, and resist tyranny. And now your host, Alexi Felix. Welcome back to Chaos and Christ Podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix. You already know that. Thank you for joining today. I hope that these last couple of weeks have been consistent enough for you and the things that I have been providing have been helpful. Today, I want to talk about something that I saw as I was watching The Lord of the Rings. Great movie. I'll be honest, never really gave it an honest shot years ago when it was first out. I never cared for the movies like that, like Narnia, Lord of the Rings. I definitely didn't care for Harry Potter. Still don't. But as I'm growing and learning and also am a father, I am doing everything I can to introduce things that speak about the truth, even in subtle ways, even in in ways through movies. There's something that my own daughter can pick up. I've listened to a lot of things of just smart people that kind of reference movies and they kind of get into the plots of things and just really illuminate for myself just how we can take a lot of lessons from certain things that were created like movies, literature, and the like. And so I decided to watch Lord of the Rings and I guess it might be because I'm a little bit older now. I am digging it. Like I'm really into it. Tonight, I'm going to watch the second part of the movie. I'm just going to chill back. I'm going to order me some tacos. It's going to be a great time. But there was something in there that I saw. It was a scene with Frodo Baggins and Gandalf. And I'm sure, because I'm super late to the party, that the the very scene that I'm talking about, you might be already kind of surfacing in your brain. Like, okay, I think I know what he's going to say. And I think it's going to be very helpful for this episode, for this podcast. And really just for where we find ourselves in the year of our Lord, 2023. So again, welcome. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, share this with someone, just give it to someone who needs this encouragement, this comfort, and to just to trust God. All right. So ideally, that's really what we are talking about. Trusting God in tough times, right? Uh, Because I, I don't know about you, but... If you're listening to this podcast, you're pretty much aware things are kind of crazy out there. That they are is there is indeed chaos out in the world, and this is all stemming from the heart and the human condition, sin, rebellion against God and who He is, who He who He's revealed Himself through Christ and through His Word. It's a full-on rebellion, and people do not fear God. Now, if I could share a little bit about myself, just to give it some more context, because this is why I am speaking about this particular scene, because it touched me, it hit me right in the center, and it started to really just reflect exactly my thoughts, starting from 2020 up until, not up until now. I've definitely grown past this, but I think it's been solidified at this point. And if you've listened already before, when 2020 kicked off and I saw the riots start to kind of happen on TV, news was obviously showing us what was taking place. The very first thing in my mind that 
surface in my brain. And I can't tell you why. I have no idea why. I know I learned some things in my past as far as history goes, but I never was like so in tune to studying. I think my brain just picks up things subconsciously and retains certain things that are good and important. And maybe this is really by the grace of God that have served me since 2020 to really see what's happening. And I already knew, like the first words that came to my mind was communism. I kid you not. It was the very first thing that came to my mind as I started to dig into things, right? I was just trying to figure these things out. I was seeking after the truth. And totalitarianism started to come into my mind and one world government and remembering conversations I used to have with other people years ago about the one world government, the new world order. Now, deep down, we believed this was true, and yet maybe we didn't, right? And so 2020 takes place, fast forward to 2023, and it's literally, basically, everything that most people had a conspiracy theory about are proven right and are starting to see what's happening and what's taking place. But what happened to me was a combination of fear and anger. Fear and anger. Fear because I've learned about communism. I learned about Stalin and Hitler and Mao and uh, whoever else, Fidel Castro, that comes to my mind. I learned what they did. I learned what they told the people in order to gain their support. And those things were taught to us in school before school was fully woke. And when I started to see the talking points, what I started to see with white supremacy and then all of a sudden transsexual agenda, homosexuality, all these things started to click in my head. And then it pointed me right back to one figure I'd also remember learning about was by the name of Karl Marx. Again, I don't even remember how I learned about this guy, but it was these, these things started to kind of run through my head. And I concluded without talking to anybody, without really taking a long time to get to this conclusion that what we are facing right now, what we are dealing with right now is an attempt of a one world government. And it's the power plays that they are putting using COVID-19, using a pandemic, using the media for fear, using gaslighting and manipulation of words and redefinitions to really cause chaos within the culture and to divide households. And sure enough, it did. That's exactly what it's done. That's exactly where it's at right now. And praise God, a lot of people have definitely been waking up and starting to realize that this is too extreme. But the one world government stuff is not far-fetched. We have the World Economic Forum. And if you really just take your time and listen to their videos and just go on their sites and look it up, they're not hiding this stuff anymore. So it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. It is a fact. This is where they are headed. This is what is taking place. Ultimately, it's a cult with what we are seeing today. So it's, it's got a lot of religious components, a lot of spirituality behind it. I mean, it's a spiritual war. All this started to happen, but I was afraid because I'm a newly young father. My daughter was born in 2018. So by the time 2020 was around, she was around a year and a half to about, about to be two years old. 
And all I can think about was, are we about to enter into a time of tyranny, worldwide tyranny, when I as a father can only think about providing, protecting for my child? How do you do that in a government that has, with our permission, surveillanced us and has all the capability to shut us down by technology means? How do you do that? How do you fight against that? So there was a lot of gripping fear, a lot of fear. Now, mind you, I became a Christian sometime in my teenage years, but I was, I was struggling in my walk with the Lord. Somewhere along the way, I got converted, but I can't tell you a date when, but there was serious struggle with sin. I had almost imploded, and actually I did ruin my relationship with my daughter's mom. I was going through my own turmoil, my own interpersonal chaos. God has was really working on me and causing consequences to land on my feet because of my sins. All that happening while the, the world basically turns upside down. And we shut down the country. So fear gripped my heart. And then anger gripped my heart. Angry for a lot of things. One, I don't like bullies. I don't like lies. I don't like, I don't like tyrants. All right? I don't think anybody does. But when you start to see just how evil and wicked our own government has become, you just want to do something. You want to fight. You you can picture yourself honestly grabbing the sword and the shield and going after them to overthrow the wickedness. But then you your anger starts to fester because you realize you are just a man. You are just a five foot six man in Chicago, and you got nothing. You really have nothing. What are you going to do? You have no influence. You have no money to run for office. You don't have any of that stuff, and you also have wasted your testimony by going after. The things of this world. Your whole, your own life is a mess. And now you have to see what's coming. The judgment of God on a nation that has turned its back on God. And so that anger started to fester in me. I, ty- tyranny, tyrants, lying to us, forcing people at, in their homes, forcing masks on the people's face, having elderly people die, and then blaming you for it indoctrinating children with sexual perversion, forcing a jab into your body or lose your job, realizing that the jab is probably the reason why so many people are dropping dead and developing diseases and ailments out of nowhere when they are otherwise perfectly healthy. So yeah, I'm angry. I've been angry. And then I start getting angry at myself because. I had the truth of the gospel. I had the truth. And I chose to chase after worldly things. So much so that it really ruined me on a personal level. And God had to strip me away from different things, different careers, different people to draw me away from that lore of darkness and then allow the consequences to land on my feet. And to this day, I'm still dealing with some of them. And I was dealing with this anger about not just my own personal life and sin, but now the fact is that we are literally undergoing a tyrannical regime and people don't believe it. People don't care. We are still stuck on Super Bowl. 
we are still stuck on Jake Paul boxing some other random dude. Like, I don't care about that, man. I could care less about that stuff. Sports, I do not care. It's so meaningless to me at this point. When we are seeing children going to school, to public school, which is really just an indoctrination camp for Marxism, being taught some pretty messed up things. When I see my friends, some friends, some people that are in my network or acquaintances who truly just bought into this whole thing about capitalism being evil and racism and there's still white supremacy and just a bunch of nonsense. A bunch of people who say they claim they hate capitalism on their iPhone while they're on social media. But I ruined it. I threw it away. I, I messed up. I sinned. And so I'm dealing with all this weight. And as a person that is just very outspoken, very passionate, the only thing I had was to speak out. And I could get very passionate. So I was speaking out and I was getting into arguments and debates. And I just, I wanted to call everybody stupid for not being able to see this, for buying into this BS. And so that's where I was at for a while, guys. That's where I was, what I was dealing with. But ultimately, I was always just trying to find hope. And I was trying to find hope in the wrong places. And God really had to change my mindset and really had to work in me to really see what was going on. And ultimately, this is what led up to this podcast, Chaos in Christ. Because the only hope that we do have is Christ. And I think you're getting the theme of where the chaos is coming from. But the chaos is not just political. It's not just that, right? It's not just politics. I do talk about that, but it's not just that. The chaos comes from the heart and the sin that is ruling man. And because of that, because sin is completely depraved man, right? And men are dead in sin. When they go to the marketplace, when they go to work, when they get elected into office, when they get into college and then graduate and then enter and become teachers, what do you think is being passed on? More depravity, more sin, more corruption, especially when you lose who you are as a people in a nation and that identity. Why do you think they were toppling down statues, burning down flags? and basically wanted to disrupt the natural order of things? Why do you think they hate capitalism and want you to buy into that nonsense? So, watching Lord of the Rings, I saw a scene with Frodo Baggins and Gandalf. Now, if you guys are Lord of the Rings fans, you probably know what's up, but if you don't, I'm just getting into it. So, as I can gather, there was this ring that was forged and it was forged by a evil, I guess, Lord. I'm still trying to remember his name even right now. I'm going to obviously watch more tonight. And Bilbo Baggins had found this ring, went to disappear. And, but because this ring was found and used, basically the evil person that created this ring was activated and is going to look for this ring and basically use it to subdue everybody to his reign. And it just sounds so familiar, right? So 
it lands on Frodo. I'm trying to speed this up, but it lands on Frodo. Frodo has a responsibility because he doesn't seem to be so succumbed to his temptation of power. He seems to be the only one that can actually withhold it a bit because everybody else tends to feel this temptation to take a hold of that for power's sake. And Frodo is a hobbit. And he's a very little man. He's a he's a little man. They're all little people. Insignificant against greater things to the eye. And he's sitting there and they're going through Moria. <laughs> some some place where the dwarves lived. And he sits down and speaks to Gandalf. And this is what he says to Gandalf. I'm going to read it. Because I think it's so powerful. Because it, it really reflects where I was at. And it might just reflect where you maybe currently at. He says, Frodo, I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. And then Gandalf, his response. So do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Isn't that, isn't that powerful? Who in their right mind ever wanted to find themselves in the year 2023 and you have a president that d damn near probably has dementia, who lies through his teeth day in and day out, who has a media that completely runs screens for him? I mean, who, who thought that that's the time we were going to live in where you found out at the school that your kids were going to, they're being handed books about oral sex and masturbation with the same sex. Or being taught that there are more than a couple of genders. And that if, this, if the kid gives any inkling of an idea that they might have feminine tendencies or vice versa from their gender, that the teachers would then start to dress them up in dresses, boys and girls in men's clothes. This is where we are at today, currently. Not a conspiracy theory, folks. Look it up. And if you don't know and don't believe, then you have chosen to be willfully blind. And if you follow me on Instagram, I post these things all the time. Articles, videos. You can't deny it at this point. I don't care what your political beliefs are. This is not about politics anymore. This is a reality. We are facing something far greater than just a Democrat and a Republican Party and differences in taxes. This is far more greater than that. And what we are seeing here is that we are being ushered into a much more softer totalitarianism. Look at what the World Economic Forum has planned for us and who's all part of the World Economic Forum. They're your leaders and they're my leaders in our nations and other nations abroad. This is not just the United States of America. This is global. They're globalists. Whoever thought that they wanted to find themselves here? Because just like Frodo, I wish this wasn't happening. I remember struggling with my identity. What did God call me to do? Was I supposed to be a pastor? People used to tell me that left and right, so I, just, I was just so bought into that. Or, or what about fitness, right? Because I got really uh, in love with fitness, and I just... I thought I could start a business. I, I always wanted to be successful, build wealth. You know, what about that? I also had a music talent. You know, I used to write some music, actually record. I thought maybe, maybe that's my calling. I used to be so consumed with that stuff. 
just so unsure, never making a decision. And then this happens, and all that just doesn't seem to matter anymore. But when that first happened, I was, I just wish it didn't. And then my daughter, just to see her and to think that what if one day, because I decide to refuse to give her a COVID shot, because I decide to refuse to acknowledge anything that is about gender outside of what she is, a girl, that the government could come in and do something horrific. I wish this never happened. I wish this wasn't happening. But as Gandalf says, so does everyone else. So I'm assuming you too, right? I'm assuming you too wish this didn't happen, wish this wasn't the case, but this is the case. This is where we are at. There's a story in the Bible. You can read it in chapter Daniel chapter 3. I want to make this a quick one. Daniel chapter 3, what is happening is that King Nebuchadnezzar, who basically he's taken over, the nation has been in exile and Babylon has taken over and King Nebuchadnezzar has made orders for everyone in his kingdom to worship a golden statue. But then you have three figures, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refuse to do so because of their loyalty to God. Now, this is an encouragement for you guys, so just hear this out. Here's what, what was going to happen. If they decided not to go along with the worship, of that statue, then they would be thrown into a fury furnace where they would be burned alive to the crisp. Now, we're not facing that yet, at least in America, just yet. But what we are facing is the potential of being canceled, losing your job, going to court, having your kids taken away. I mean, these are literally happening right now, and it's very concerning. And if you look abroad, there's stuff that are happening even far worse, like Brazil. There are literal gulags taking place. So these are real things, real consequences. And in a soft totalitarianism, ultimately, you could just completely be cut off from buying and selling, especially if they go forward with this digital currency that they have in mind, especially if they honestly believe that they can unite all governments into one, opening the borders. These are real things that are happening. You got to look it up yourself. You have to be a person that thinks for yourself. So the, so the consequences for, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were literal death. Now, we're not being faced with literal death. What we are being faced with is death of acceptance, of being a part of a system. And I think at some point can be faced with actual death. But who knows? I don't know the future. Nevertheless, their punishment would have been that. Now, everyone, for the most part, participated. And it wasn't that King Nebuchadnezzar did not want believers of the one true God there. They could probably believe whatever the heck they want to believe and practice all their religious things as much as they want. But when it came down to King Nebuchadnezzar himself and his edicts, he saw himself as the ultimate authority. He saw himself as God. And if you go against him and you don't worship the statue that he has set up for himself, then you will actually face the punishment. It didn't matter if they prayed three times a day to Yahweh. As long as you gave a pinch of incense 
to King Nebuchadnezzar. Show your loyalty. Now, obviously, we know the story Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused. Now, what did they do? Did they go and start a revolution, gather up a band of folks, decide to topple down certain things in commerce for the king and really just start something and really just overtake it, do it with blood and violence? They did it. They did not. They were literally in the midst of a nation that was taken over where it was a pagan nation and everything that they once knew of their home was gone. They were in the midst of chaos. But speaking, I know this is Old Testament, Christ was there. God was there. Yahweh was there with them. And so they decided they will not bow down to the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, for the most part, I think they they realized that they were now under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar. God has allowed that judgment to take place. And so there were things that they were just going to have to kind of go along with. But what the things that they could not go along with, which was worshiping any other God but the one true God. And so what do you have? What do you see? Well, the fact is that they were found out and they were reported to back to the king that three people were not bowing down to the statue when the music started to play. And so they were brought forth to see if this was in fact the case. And this was the case. And they stood boldly, declaring that they will not bow down to the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had erected. And they threatened them, letting them know that they will be thrown into the furnace. Here's what they said. And this is found in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17 through 18. Their response to that threat and that certainty of being thrown into the furnace. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. We know what comes next, which is a very powerful statement, which is something I'm going to harp on a little bit. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. The thing is, they didn't call King Nebuchadnezzar a tyrant, a dictator. They were giving him the respect of his position. You see that? They said, your majesty. They knew that ultimately they were typically under the authority of that king in that nation right then and there. And because they knew that, they knew that what they were going to do was going to cause them to die. They were going to lose their lives. But their faith was rooted in God, so much so that they knew deep down inside that God can and will save them. But the thing that we need to kind of really harp on a little bit more is that they had the sense and the understanding that God is still ultimately sovereign. And ultimately, if he has allowed it and has willed us to die a martyr's death, it will happen. Because as they said, even if he does not, because they know they can't, they can't make God do anything. He is sovereign. We may not understand. We may not understand the future. We may not understand why we lose people in our lives. We may not understand it, but he is God. He is sovereign. 
And even if he doesn't, look at the resolve. We will not worship your gods, and we will not bow down to your statue. Why do I say this? Why, why am I talking about this stuff? Well, it's because ultimately we do have a God that is with us. As the Bible teaches us that God did actually miraculously protected them. They were immersed into the fire. They were unharmed from the furnace, which led King Nebuchadnezzar to acknowledge the power of their God. He could not deny that anymore. God has shown himself. Now, ultimately, is this about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? Is it a story about them and then how you can see yourself as one of them? Not necessarily. Because again, they could have died and God still would have gotten the glory because they stood steadfast for the what? The truth. Now, they could have cried about it. I mean, they could have said, why am I in this time? Why is this happening? Why are we in these hard times? And maybe they had moments of just prayer with the Lord and just wondering, why have you allowed this to happen to us? And maybe deep down they knew because of the sins of the people. And they knew that God's judgment was upon them. Whatever the case, they were still human beings dealing with the reality that they were not in Kansas anymore. That they were now under a tyrannical king who had no fear of God whatsoever. None. And God did protect them. And so what that really highlights is this. God. Who he is what he will do, what he can do. And ultimately, what the ultimate end game is. God gets all the glory. And so if you find yourself here in this place in time right now, in the year 2023, like I was finding myself in 2020, even up until 2022 probably, wishing, wondering, why is this happening? I don't know necessarily why, but then I do. I'm not going to pretend I know exactly everything. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a prophet. I don't hear things. I, don't know. I just know that what the Bible teaches is true. And if there's judgment happening right now, it's because it's exactly what Romans 1 teaches us. We have exchanged the truth for a lie. We have decided to take what was detestable and abominable and worship that and then acknowledge and approve of those that do the same thing having no fear of God whatsoever. And so therefore, we have on us the wrath of God. Don't you get a God, We, especially in America, have just bought into this thing where he's just this loving, kind, and he's tolerant of you for anything, and he's always going to forgive you. But there are some guidelines here in Scripture that show us that only through Christ can we be forgiven, and only through the drawing of the Father can we come to Christ. But God will by no means pardon the guilty. He will by no means turn a blind eye to sin. And I think you can see that right now. I think that you are aware of that right now. But the encouragement is this, is that we are here because God so chose to allow us to be in this time. He so declared it and decreed it. We are here for his purpose. There is a purpose that we have here in this time. And I don't know what five and 10 years looks like. I don't. I refuse to be a pessimist of it all. I know that my king reigns. He sits at the right hand of the father. He is ruling. He is reigning 
right now, currently. And you need to have that too. And even if we find ourselves in the realm of King Nebuchadnezzar, whether that's Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum, Biden, whatever, whoever, whoever steps into the scene, whatever that looks like, we have one thing and one thing only, to trust God because he will protect us. But even if he doesn't, the question is for you. Even if you actually will have to lose your life for the sake of Christ on earth because of what's coming, will you not bow down to the lie, to the AI God that they are creating, to the lie of transgenderism and this false idea of what racism is, to the complete lies that they have given us in our country today. Are you going to bow down to it? Or will you have faith in God who will sustain you and who will see you through as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had? Guys, no one wishes to be here. Like Frodo, we didn't want to be here. But like Gandalf said, it's what we do now. It's what we do now that matters. We're here. We can't go back. And there's no point in going back because you think it was better. God has ordained the times that we are living in now. He's called you for such a time as this. And so looking back is almost sinful. I was going through that. But there's nothing back there anymore. What we have now is the truth. What we have now is the gospel. And what we have is work to do. And so will you be encouraged today? Will you place your trust in God and in God alone, trusting in him and in his word that he will see you through, that he will protect you, that he has a plan for you? Will you trust him and not bend the knee to the lies? I hope that is the case and I hope you find encouragement. God has gotten you here. Be faithful. Be where you are at. Never bend the knee to the lie. Stand for the truth. Proclaim the gospel. Share that with your friends, families, and co-workers and accept what comes. He will protect you. And even if he doesn't, we are still in Christ. I hope this blesses you. I hope this is encouraging to you. And if, you, and if anything, if you need someone to hear this, please pass it on. Until next time, God bless you. If you found value, then please subscribe and leave an honest rating and review. And remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there.